0: Psalms 118, verse 8. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. All nations have compassed me about, but in the name of the Lord will I destroy them. They compassed me about, yes, yes, they compassed me about, but in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. They compassed me about like bees. They are quenched as the fire of thorns. For in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. Uh, the world is going to afflict you. Just... just uh, this just a, a part of life, but the Lord will sustain you. The Lord will keep you. Israel is going to have a war shortly, and the neighbors are going to try to destroy Israel once and for all. But the Lord is going to give Israel the victories over the enemies, over the nations that are going to, the surrounding nations that are going to attack Israel. The war in Psalm 83 has not yet taken place. And it is going to occur shortly I don't know when but that war is coming but we are to put our trust in the in the trust in the Lord we are not to trust in man we are not to put any confidence in man we are to trust in the Lord we are to trust in the Lord we are not to put our trust in rulers princes Our trust is in the name of the Lord. I um, am going to rehearse chapter uh, 21 just briefly. Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24 is broken down into segments. And all... The segments other than the initial segment, the very beginning of the chapter, pertains to the time that we are in today. The first segment is when Christ departed from the temple and his disciples came to him to call his attention to the buildings of the temple. They point out these buildings to the Lord, but the Lord answers, do you see all these things? Do you see these structures? But I'm going to tell you the truth. There will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. So he already predicted what would happen in A.D. 70. He was seated on the Mount of Olives. The disciples came to him. Now from that point of the initial, when he initially told them what was going to happen, they wanted to know, they questioned, okay, when will these things happen? He was seated on the Mount of Olives. The disciples came to him privately, quietly, alone, and asked, Tell us, when will this taste take place? Number one, the temple. Now, Christ didn't say anything about the end of the world. He Just addressed the matter of the temple. But they said, When will the temple be destroyed? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end, the completion, the consummation of the age? Now, Christ, the very first thing he says, This will be the condition, the spirit of the age at the end be careful pay attention that no one deceives or misleads you there will be those who come to deceive you and lead you into error error doctrinally in your theology your eschatology and into believing that one thing christ is not returning verse five many will come come in and on the strength of my name they will appropriate the name which belongs to me saying i am the messiah i am the christ and will lead many astray you will hear of wars rumors of wars See that you are not frightened or troubled. This must take place, but the end is not yet. The end, the consummation, the completion of God's plan for six days in creation, or a period of time that we term the church age, or a dispensation, a time period, Of two days 2,000 year period of time where Christ will fulfill prophecies that were given in the Old Testament and prophecies that he spoke a people who were not his people would become his people and it would be these people who would complete his eternal plan before his return and it would take them 2,000 years. The end is not yet. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against nation. There will be famines and earthquakes in place after place. When there, uh, in, the, in the Old Testament, in Isaiah 21, they uh, appointed a watchman around the cities and this was the really uh, all throughout the land you had watchmen that were put in position that were to watch all night long and they were to watch for enemies that walked on two legs but also they were what to watch for creatures that walked on four legs lions the beasts in the countryside and generally the lion would not roar the 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 lion would everything was stealth quiet until the lion would have acquired a prey and once he acquired or once he was able to capture his prey he would roar To make sure that everyone knew uh, not to come near well Christ in his coming there will be many signs many signs numerous a multitude of signs that will take place before his coming especially in the last decade the book of Matthew 24 In the book of Matthew, chapter 24, there is only one segment, the temple, that is not talking about, that segment is not talking about the end of the world. The the, the temple segment happened, it is done, the rest of the chapter talks about the last decade. And the, I, I will put it, let me back up a second. The fur the third, the second segment would be a time of sorrows and birth pains. That segment can be quite a, a, a period of time. It can be, let's say, 70 years. The third segment, the beginning of tribulation, cannot be in the, in the, uh, previous 50 years. The tribulation, the beginning of the tribulation, takes place in the last decade, in the last eight years. The the first segment, the temple, the second segment, the time of sorrows, the third segment, tribulation, must happen in the final eight years. The great tribulation, the fourth segment, must happen in the last Roughly six, five years, four years, roughly. The next segment after the tribulation is a time of wrath. It's a 30-day period of time. That happens in the last 75 days. The final segment is a 45-day period of time. That concludes a 6,000-year period or a church age period, or or not, not a church age, the church age is already completed. It completes the Matthew 24. It completes that chapter in the last 45 days. So there are five segments. The temple, birth pains and sorrows, which can be more than a decade long. We could have begun that the signs of the uh, sorrows 20, 30 years ago. But also the time of sorrows can also imply the period of time more specifically before the tribulation begins. The years prior to the tribulation, two, three, four, five years, six years, But it is a time of wars, rumors of wars, a time of deception, even more so than prior to that period. Earthquakes, famines, uh, the great famines in Revelation chapter 6, one of the horsemen. The great famines of the end time have begun. They have already been initiated. This takes place in the time of sorrows. The famines will affect the time of tribulation and great tribulation. But the great famines begin really prior to the tribulation. Right here in this country, we have a very wet Season here in the front range of Colorado and a very dry season out east into Iowa, Indiana, in the farmland. Christ said that there would be signs everywhere, like a roar, like a lion. Once a lion has roared, then you will see the signs. And Christ is coming, and before he comes, You might say the thief comes quietly on one hand, but on the other hand, Christ said that there would be signs to announce that he is near, and he would reveal these signs to his people, the body of Christ. Israel will see the signs through the wars that are coming. In Psalm 118, verse 8, 9, 10, and 11, there is a time where Israel has to put its trust in the Lord, not in to, not in to the, they can't depend on man, men, they can't depend on princes. They have to trust in the Lord. And these battles that are coming, the Lord is going to give them the victories. We in the body of Christ also have victories that are coming. Uh, there is talk of, I listened to, some of the very well-known Christian men, and they believe they are all praying, they've been waiting for, they use the the wording is, they are waiting for the great, great revival that is going to turn the whole world to Christ. Well, there's going to be a period of time where in the time in which we're in, the gospel will be the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. And those, the individuals that have been ordained to eternal life, will receive Christ. Many will not have time to be part of the body of Christ to grow and mature. They will meet the Lord maybe in their final days, final weeks, final months, final years of their lives they won't really they'll know the lord but they won't really understand what christianity and church the church life is all about, about there's going to be a big harvest and there isn't going to be a big massive wave of christianity that is going to take over the world that is going to take over nations, countries. No. Christ said that in the days where he begins to roar, there is going to be tribulation, there's going to be hardship. There's going to be suffering. It says that in those days the his children in all of the seven churches are going to suffer great hardship. They're they're going to have victories personally, but they're going to suffer hardship, and they're going to be martyred. The great martyrdom, you know, there are men that are saying there's going to be a great revival. Well, if you look at Revelation chapter 6, it appears as if there is great suffering and there is... uh, For those that suffer those who are martyred those who are killed they are going to cry out and ask god to avenge avenge them for what happened to them it doesn't sound like victory to me but on the other hand the lord did say that he will give the victory to those within his body in all the seven churches he will give them the victories to overcome their trust is in that is in the lord and in his might and in his power not in their own power not in their own plan but in the in the might of the lord this is where we believers in this country Our hope is going to be in the hand of the Lord and the victories that He will give us in His might, in His mighty arm. This is where our victories presently and in the future are going to be. Our trust trust in Him. See ya. And um, verse 8, Matthew chapter... 24 verse 8 what I just mentioned to you these are but the beginning the early pains of the birth pains of intolerable anguish many are saying that the church is going to go into great victory there will be victories yes and the victories will be not that we will take over cities or states or governments or countries no the victories will be in our personal lives where we will mature with christ and we will find the plan that god has for each of us individually and where god has positioned us practically it's very practical where God has positioned us practically, that is where we will be effective. And the victories that we get will be the victories that the Lord will get give us as we are faithful to Him. The signs of the time are evident. In the book of Job chapter 9, Job said that in the time in which we live, at the end, not the beginning, not the middle, but at the end, that the world will be turned over and be put into the hands of the wicked. I know that Christians don't want to hear that. But the world will be put into the hands of the wicked. The wicked will rule the world. The wicked will take over. And I'm going to read Job chapter 9. And um, quickly, I'm going to read it. Job is looking and he's going through his distress. And his companions are telling him how sinful he is, and that the problems that he's going, uh, uh, that he's uh, the the hardships that he's going through, are because of his being sinful, unrighteous, evil. And uh, Job understands what he's going through much more clearly than his friends. And he realizes not only what he's going through, but he knows that he is in the hand of his mighty God. We are in the Lord's hands. And we're going to go through things that we may not understand. We may not believe, we may not see, You may not believe that we are in the final decade. You may not believe that the signs of Christ's coming are all around you. You may not believe that. But even if you don't believe it, you are to trust in the Lord, you're not to trust in man. You're to put your trust in the Lord, You're you're not to put your trust in princes in a political world in governors in city councils here's here's a job answers bildad this is job chapter 9 this is us this is talking about us today we need a someone who can save us from what is coming we may be eternally saved we are born again but there are hardships coming and we're going to need God's help in the hardships that are coming let's say that Christ doesn't come for a hundred years the world is still going to be unrighteous there's going to be injustice there's going to be pain. There's going to be suffering. Either way, we still have to trust in the Lord. We can't trust in man. We can't trust in governments. We can't trust in princes. We can't even trust in our uh, the shepherds of the land. We're not sure. You have to make sure, be sure, that they're telling you the truth. The shepherd of the flock 2,000 years ago, He told the flock the truth. If they hate me, they'll hate you. If they persecute me, they'll persecute you. The servant is not greater than the master. He told us the truth 2,000 years ago, and he told us in Matthew 24 that in the time prior to Antichrist being revealed, the world is going to be Very difficult to live in. We'll be back. Hi, this is Mike Morris, owner of Warriors Revolution Tactical in Longmont. At Warriors
1: Revolution, we have the largest selection of tactical gear and ammo in northern Colorado. But what many people may not know is that we now sell firearms. And even despite the recent run on firearms and ammunition, we have plenty of product in the store, including ARs, AKs, Glocks, Sigs, HK, and more. And don't forget all the bulk ammunition at the best prices in town. Need to do a private firearms transfer? We can do that, too. I am a veteran of the United States Marine Corps, and our team is made up of veterans and security experts, not a bunch of salesmen. Our team is trained and fought with much of the actual equipment we sell. And one thing you should know is that we support the foundations and principles this great country was founded upon. So if you need tactical gear, ammo, firearms, AR parts or upgrades, and even survival accessories, stop by and on Ken Pratt Boulevard and Bowen Street in Longmont. Or visit Warriors dot com. That's Warriors Revolution dot com.
2: Oh, happy day, oh, happy day, oh, happy day. When Jesus wore, oh, when he wore. When Jesus the
0: For podcasts or the podcasts the program is archived on podcasts on 1360khNC.com. Uh, every Sunday from 9 to noon I'll be here and also uh, you can contact me at Olivetree Ministry, P.O. Box eight seven two Longmont, Colorado eight zero five zero two. Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box eight seven two, Longmont, Colorado eight zero five zero two. I'm again I'm the host, I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez. Now in verse nine, Job in a sense is you might say, pleading his case to his friends who are basically telling him that the reason you're going through this, Job, is because you are full of sin. Well, let's see what Job has to say about this. Because Job is having to defend himself against his friends, and against God and we in a sense have to defend ourselves against our neighbors and even God because we don't really understand sometimes who we are who we worship who we have believed into Christ we may not know really initially when we're young in the Lord we really don't understand the things of God but then later as you've spent 30, 40, 50 years in the Lord, uh, you realize you really don't know that much about God. You think you do, and you do, to a degree, if you've learned the lessons, but still, there are so many more lessons to learn. Job answered, Yes, yes, of a truth. I know this, that God punishes the wicked. That's true. That's correct. But how can anyone be righteous, vindicated in the presence of God? This is very interesting. How can anyone be righteous and vindicated in the presence of God? Well, we have received Christ. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Verse 3. Someone might want to argue with God. They want to take God to court but no one could answer god not one time out of a thousand so in other words job is fully aware that he has no case before god the world has no case before god no matter how right and just and correct they may feel they are they have no right they have they will be wrong A thousand times out of a thousand times they will be wrong. Verse 4, God's wisdom is deep. He is wise of heart. His power is great. No one can fight or press him without getting hurt, harmed, and come out whole or unscathed. No one is going to win any battle against our mighty God. The wicked in the world they have no case. They will win no battles. They will do whatever evil God allows them to do and no more. Verse 5. He moves mountains. He causes earthquakes without anyone knowing it and turns them over when he is angry. If he wants to turn, over, turn a mountain upside down, if he's angered, he can do that. Verse 6. He shakes the earth out of its place and makes its foundations tremble and shudder. He commands the sun not to shine and shuts off the lights. He seals up the stars. He alone stretches out the skies or the heavens. He walks and treads on the waves, the high places of the sea. It is God who made the bear, Orion and the Pleiades and gave and, and the groups of stars in the southern sky in the chambers of the south. So here his friends are basically trying to counsel Job and Job is counseling them. He's making them fully aware that he, Job, that Job is fully aware of who God is. He's aware of how capable God is, what God can do if he's angry. He can cause these stars to stop shining. He does wonders, great things that can't be understood. He does so many miracles or marvelous things, they cannot be counted. When? And now he, uh, in one hand, he begins with, you know, how can I be on God's side because he is righteous and I can't form a complaint against him. Now he is defending God 100%. He's defending God in who God is. When? He passes me, I can't see him. I'm sorry, let me go back to verse 10. He does great things, wonders, He can, that cannot be understood. He does so many miracles or marvelous things, they cannot be counted. Every day, on your behalf, God is performing miracles for you. Every day. Whether you realize it or not. Every day, the Holy Spirit is visiting you. And He's in your presence he's walking in front of you he's walking to the side of you behind you and you don't and you're not aware but that doesn't mean that he's not there you may have a question from time to time where is god i guarantee you he is there you just can't see him when or if he passes me i can't see him When or if he goes by me, I do not recognize and perceive him. If he snatches something or takes something away, no one can stop him. And once he takes something away, no one can bring him back. Whatever he's taken can't be returned. Who's going to say to him, What are you doing? Verse 13. God will not hold back or relent from his anger. Even the helpers and the allies of the monster Rahab, the sea monster, they lie at his feet in fear. They cower under him. We're going to talk more about Rahab. This Rahab is the spirit, it is a power, Uh, it is a fallen angel and it is this angel that god used to part the seas when the children of israel came out of egypt and the wind blew and rahab or it's rahav in the in the hebrew r a h a b but it's the b is silent it's rahav and this spirit Uh, is going to be unleashed, is is being unleashed on the world and is going to be unleashed in the world in the future. And you're going to know it. You're going to see it. God is going to use this spirit to destroy nations. And Job talks about Rahab right here because he understands. He is telling his friends you don't think I know who the Holy Spirit is? You don't think I know who my God is? You don't think I know how powerful He is? How invisible He is? This is our God. Every one of you listening that is born again, this is the God that you serve. He is mighty. He is a mighty God. He is not weak. He's not on vacation. He is involved. He's involved in your life. He's involved in every event taking place in this country on this planet. And he's going to talk about how he, Job says, that this God that you worship and you serve, that you that has given you eternal life if you're born again, has made a decision to turn the world over the wicked people of the world are going to own the world, are going to control the world. God is going to put the world in their hands. They're wicked, they're powerful, and God isn't going to. He has put the world in their hands. That's why there is injustice. That's why there is misery. That's why there is death, hardship, suffering because of the wicked okay verse 14 so in a, another word in other words rahab rahab this spirit it says that this spirit they lie at his feet in fear they cower under him now remember when Christ went to I forget where and the demons asked him if he'd come to torment them before their time this is what they were doing they were cowering they were in fear because they knew that Christ was God Almighty Even the Christians today don't realize that Christ is the very God. Jesus Christ is God. And they don't to this day know that. Well, he's the Son of God. He is a Son of God, but he is the very God. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. This is what Job is saying. How are you going to understand God without the Holy Spirit? How are you going to understand who God is if you use your fallen mentality, your your mind that is has been uh, that is not renewed, that has been contaminated by the things of the world? Jesus Christ is God. This is one thing that Satan does not want God's children to know. That the Lord Jesus that this Yeshua, he is the very God. God himself, he created all things. Without him, nothing that has been created was created. Nothing. Not one molecule. Verse 14. So how can I argue with God? If Rehav cannot argue with God, if Rahav cowers at Christ or at God's feet, who is Job? Job has a clear understanding of who his God is. Very, very clear. There's no doubt. He's not confused. He knows who his God is. Do we really know who our God is? Do we really understand how mighty he is? He is a mighty God. He is a God to be feared. But not in the, in, in the wrong kind of fear. He needs to be feared in the sense of in awe, in reverence. With respect, great respect. That's a word that's overused. He's God. So how can Job find words to argue? How can Job choose words with him? And here's what Job says. Even if I were right, if I were righteous, I could not answer him. I could only beg God, plead my judge for mercy. He's talking about something very deep here. Before I go on, I'll tell you what it is. Job was one of the three men in the Bible in Ezekiel chapter 14. Job, Noah, and um, Job, and Noah, and Job, Noah. Who was the other third righteous man? my gosh I'll think of it but he was one of the through these three righteous men oh my gosh this is this this is really bothering me i am going to find out who it is noah job noah and nope i still got it wrong well I'll get it in here in a second. I read these verses all the time, and then I just draw a blank. This is funny how we are, huh? So anyhow, even if Job were so righteous, there's even, later on in the verse, in one translation, it, it says this. Job says, uh, I'm righteous, I am innocent, but even though I, I am righteous, even though I am upright, I'm still wrong. Even if I'm right, I'm wrong. Even if I'm just, I'm still wrong. No matter what I do, if I argue with God and plead my case and I am right, I am still wrong. What was he saying? He's wrong because his righteousness given to him and he's made righteous by God and he fears God. But Job is saying in, in a way... In a deeper way, he's saying, I can do everything to be right and perfect with God, but I can't go into God's presence in his heaven, in his holy heaven. And the reason being is because something is in me from my birth that came in through Eve in the garden. Something in me, I'm contaminated I may be righteous in my conduct, but in my body is something that is contaminated, something that still defiles me, something that will keep me from coming into God's holy heaven. It's my nature. It's my flesh. Even if I'm right, I still have, God still hasn't dealt with my nature. And then later on, Job will say, I need someone to be a judge between me and God. I need a judge. I need an umpire. I need an umpire. I have no case. Without an umpire or without an advocate, I can't plead anything before God. I need an advocate. I need an umpire. And Job was basically saying mankind is going to need a Messiah. mankind needs a Messiah someone who can atone who can make a onement at onement between mankind and God Almighty. job is saying mankind needs a Messiah and they need someone who can take that nature and deal with it and give mankind the way to come before a holy God. And this would be the Lord Jesus at his death. This chapter is a very deep chapter. Noah, Daniel, and Job. Though these three righteous men Live in a city. The city will not be saved. Noah, Daniel, and Job will save themselves only by their own righteousness. They're not talking about the nature, the flesh. It's talking about their conduct. Their conduct was right with God. Their conduct and their attitude was right. But they cannot save anybody but themselves. They cannot save a city. Every righteous Christian in America, every single believer that is an overcomer, that is righteous in right standing with God, you cannot save America. The judgment that's coming on this country, you cannot keep the hand of God from that judgment. And the European nations, every believer in each one of those nations in all of them they will not be able to save those nations not France not Germany not England Sweden Denmark they the Christians cannot save these nations from the punishment that is coming this is a principle in the time in which we live we save ourselves only by our own righteousness. Now, that doesn't mean we're not going to die. It just means that to save ourselves means that we recognize who saved us from eternal damnation, from eternal fire. We recognize that, and our trust and our hope is in Him. This is righteousness. To put your hope and to put your faith in Messiah, in the Lord Jesus, that is what will save you. The hardships are going to come. We cannot avoid the hardships. We cannot avoid. What the wicked that are in power are going to do. The wicked, they only do what is wicked. There is no, the, the, uh, the mercy of the wicked is cruel. The mercy of the wicked is cruel. Let's say that they let you live. Well, who knows what they will do to you while you're alive. They may not let, they may not they may not give you freedom to travel the country. Boy, that's a, that's a deep road to try to go, go down, and I can't go down it. The, the mercy of the wicked is cruel. So here Job is responding to the accusations and the evil of his friends. But eventually a merciful Savior has job pray for his friends so that god can lift the judgment off of those three friends verse uh, 15 even if i were righteous i could not answer him i could only beg and god uh, and plead to god my judge for mercy verse 16 if I called to summon him and he answered, I still don't believe he would listen to me, hear my voice. Verse 17. He would crush me with a storm, with a whirlwind, and multiply my wounds and bruises for no reason without cause. He would not let me catch or regain my breath, but would overwhelm satiate me with misery and bitterness. When or if it comes to strength, to power, God is stronger than I. When or if it comes to justice or judgment, no one can accuse or testify against him. In other words, everything God does is righteous. We may not see it as that, but everything he does is righteous, it is just. You know, little children, we don't like to punish them. They may not understand it. But if they're doing things that's going to cause them harm, they need to be punished. Because we don't punish them, then the consequences, what might happen to them, is going to uh, bring heartache to us. So you chastise them, you correct them, so that they're protected and you're protected protected even if I were though I am right righteous even though I'm righteous my own mouth would say I was wrong my mouth would condemn me if I were innocent my mouth would say I was guilty I am innocent but I don't care about myself. I hate my own life. It is all the same. This is why I say, God destroys both the innocent and the guilty, the wicked. If the whip or the disaster brings sudden death, God will laugh. He'll ridicule at the suffering or the despair of the innocent. This is Job is saying that This just not logical this is just not uh, doesn't make sense sometimes and a lot of times in life things don't make sense I will tell you just briefly I had a friend who died right after she graduated from high school and I could never figure out why And then I realized she had become a believer and should she have lived, there would have been just nothing but heartache in her future. I've had many friends like situations where I realized that many of my friends that have gone to be with the Lord, if they would have lived, what would have come would have been too much for them to bear. And it would have been grief for not just them, but for everyone around them that loved them. Some things we just don't understand. But God in all of it is righteous. God is still just. Though we may not understand, God understands. And down the road, if he decides, he will let us know and give us understanding as to why things happen. We'll be back.
3: A lot of radio stations can boast about having two, three, even 500,000 listeners. But what they don't tell you is that their average listener only listens for four minutes. And if they're listening to music, they're constantly changing the channel. Same old boring commentary. Or as soon as a commercial starts playing, they change the station. Here at 1360 KHNC, our listeners listen longer, a lot longer. We have some of the longest continuous listener minutes in the industry. That means our listeners don't change the dial as soon as a commercial starts playing because they don't want to miss one second of their favorite programs advertise with am 1360 khnc and have your message heard call us at 970-587-5003 we have the best rates in colorado so call us at 970-587-5003 or 1360 khnc.com
4: The Federal Reserve is in control of our money. But lately, control is the last word you would use to describe the Fed. Emergency rate cuts, huge increases in their balance sheet, the constant blowing of bubbles and boom and bust cycles that just leave most of us busted. I'm Joe Jaquin, owner of the Patriot Trading Group, and we have been protecting people's wealth for almost 25 years. Stop playing the Fed's game and get your wealth protected. You're listening Call to us the at 800 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins.
0: This is Steve Ramsey Auto Group.
5: Hey, this is Mike from Ramsey Auto Group.
0: Just stopping in to say hi.
5: Hi, this is Sam Cheshire from Build Design America, letting you know that right now we are offering 36 months interest free financing on all of your kitchen and bath or flooring needs. Come see us at 665 Furnage Road in Longmont, Colorado, or give us a call at 303-772-1202. Once again, that's 303-772-1202. Look forward to seeing you soon.
7: More than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio for their news, traffic, weather, sports, and a community connection. It's the backbone of the emergency alert system, keeping us safe in dangerous times. It's critical that we keep AM radio in cars, because when cell and Internet services are down, this free emergency service could be your only lifeline. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress we need AM radio in cars. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters.
6: The Tree Farm's Array of Tree sale Now through July 18th. See what's on sale at thetreefarm.com. Save 25 to 45% off thousands of 3 to 8-year-old shade and flowering trees. Choose from honey locust, linden, maple, oak, crab, apple, flowering plums, serviceberry, willow, and more. Also big savings on shrubs and perennials. The Array of Tree Sales. You Come take see. I-25 to exit 235.
8: Then 5 miles west to the Tree Farm.
9: Of all tyrannies, a tyranny exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. It would be better to live under robber barons than under omnipotent moral busybodies. The robber baron's cruelty may sometimes sleep, his cupidity may at some point be satiated. But those who torment us for our own good will torment us without end, for they do so with the approval of their own conscience. C.S. Lewis
4: If you love wealth
9: better than liberty, the tranquility of servitude better than the animated contest of freedom, go home from us in peace. We ask not your counsel, nor your arms. Crouch down and lick the hands which feed you. May your chains be set lightly upon you, and may posterity forget that you were ever our countrymen. Samuel Adams
7: More than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio for their news, traffic, weather, sports, and a community connection. It's the backbone of the emergency alert system, keeping us safe in dangerous times. It's critical that we keep AM radio in cars, because when cell and Internet services are down, this free emergency service could be your only lifeline. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress we need AM radio in cars. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters
10: bleed stop clinically proven to stop bleeding in seconds from minor cuts to large bleeding wounds tear open the package and pour directly into the wound apply direct pressure and bleeding stops in seconds it works for people on blood thinners doesn't sting is hypoallergenic and is sterile bleed stop safe in the wound find bleed stop on the KHNC website simply click on the bleed stop button at the top of the page
11: the views and opinions expressed on KHNC are entirely those of the hosts, guests and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Excursion Broadcasting Network.
0: Welcome to the second hour of the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez, the founder of the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry. Podcasts are 1360khnc.com. Contact information is Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. There is a season, a time, and a season for all things under heaven. There is a time when the church came into existence 2,000 years ago on the night of resurrection. And there will be a time when there will be that final day of the born-again people living in time. Time will end for them they will habitate eternity. That time is coming. The end of the God's working with mankind for 6,000 years, the night time has come. Is coming quickly. The end of that uh, rule of the devil and his children for 6,000 years is coming to an end. Very shortly, we will be in the day of the Lord, the day of Christ, where Christ will rule the nations for a thousand years, the millennial kingdom. He will establish his kingdom upon the earth, and he will destroy all of the gates of the kingdom of darkness, all of these systems of man. And God, Christ will establish his own kingdom and mankind has fought the thought that Christ would at some point rule the world. Man, during the time Christ was here, the Lord gave a parable about a man who would eventually rule. And the in the parable, the uh, people in the parable said, we don't want this owner to rule over us meaning christ the world does not want to be ruled over by christ man loves sin man loves mankind loves evil i'll prove it i've been going to chapter 9 of job in the first hour i'm now at verse uh, 24. verse 24 the world will be given over into the hands of the wicked yes this has been the nations have been in the under the power of the spell of the devil for 6000 years and he has been building his kingdoms and at the very end, prior to Christ's return, his second coming, at that time, because evil will mature, Christ, through Job here and in other verses in the scripture, says that the world will be put entrusted to the wicked, to the hands of the wicked, the evil. And that the evil people will make it very clear to mankind who they serve. They will make it clear they do not serve Christ. They do not serve the Son of God. They do not serve God. They'll have nothing to do with the God of creation. They will be in full rebellion. And they know who he is, but in spite of that, they openly refuse to rebel against him. And this would be one of the signs of the time prior to Christ's second coming. Mankind will rebel against Christ. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves against the Lord God and his Christ. Why? They are fully aware of the God of heaven. And they are fully aware that Jesus Christ did come, he did die, he did, he was crucified, and he did resurrect from the dead. And they know this. It's evident by what, the way that Christianity has affected every nation on this earth through the last 2,000 years, especially in the last 50, 60, 70 years. The kings of the earth are in full rebellion against God and against his children, all of the born-again people in all seven churches. But most of the individuals in the seven churches are apostate, they are apart away from god they've put distance between themselves and god they love the world they love the things of the world they enjoy the vices that they uh, that have have them have kept them in bondage for the most part they're apostate they don't want what they don't want to build their lives on the teachings of christ this is in Matthew chapter 7, the Lord gave a final final parable. Chapter 5, 6, and 7 in Matthew. These are the principles of the constitution of the kingdom of heaven. It is not the constitution of the United States of America. No, this constitution is eternal. It is much higher. It is much more powerful. It's the constitution of the kingdom of heaven these are the teachings of christ this is the you might say the laws of moses all ten commandments but messiah himself taking these commandments apart and making them practical and giving them power these are the teachings that he tells his disciples they must live and build their lives on these principles. These are the foundational teachings they have to build their lives upon. And if they are faithful to God, if they, are, if they willingly make the decision to build their lives on these teachings, they're likened to a wise man who built his foundation, has built his home on a rock. The foundation being the teachings of Christ. And the winds are coming, the rains and the floods are coming. And the winds, rains, and floods are a type of all of the forces of Satan that will come against every Christian. The winds, the rains, the floods. The floods are mankind, all your neighbors. Your countrymen, the law enforcement agencies, the government. These are the floods likened to mankind who will afflict you. The winds and the rains are the spiritual forces in heaven. That are coming. Spiritual. Fallen angels, the devil himself. Coming to destroy you deceive you and they're going to come and they're going to try to destroy your Christian what you built your Christian life on the teachings of Christ but They didn't, the house didn't fall because it was built upon a rock, built upon the teachings of Messiah. But the foolish build their hands on the, build their homes, their lives on the sand. And the winds, the rains, the floods will come and all that they have done will be destroyed. And he's not talking about the unbelievers he doesn't address the unbelievers in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. He's uh, talking to the Christian people, the born-again believers in Jesus Christ, in Jesus, in Yeshua. He's talking to the born-again people. If you don't build your house, your life, on the teachings of Christ, then you what you have what is coming is going to destroy you it's going to destroy your future it's going to destroy you it's going to destroy your family this is why the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom and here in uh, in chapter 9 of job job You'll have to go back to the podcast for the first hour. Job is making it very clear in this chapter. He is fully aware of who God is. He, he is expounding on all the, the different angles that God could come from. Who's going to argue with God? Even if you argue with God, God is right. You have no argument. Why this, Lord? Why did you do that? Why, why, why? You don't need to know. You just need to stay sound, solid, and put your trust in the Lord and just look to Him. And in due time, He will reveal to you the wise. You can't argue with Him. Even if you had a case, you're still wrong because of your fallen nature. And then Job says Job says basically and we're going to get to that verse in just a second he says that I need I need a referee. I need an advocate because I can't how am I going to contend with God without an advocate? He's basically saying I need a messiah I need the Son of God to plead my case before a righteous God. I'll go back to this verse. Verse 24. The earth, the world, the nations, the governments, national, federal, state, county, local, they're going to be turned over into the hands of the wicked you're not we can't change it god is going to let evil mature and evil will do what evil the tree has got to grow and mature so that it bears fruit and once we see the fruit then we will know what kind of a tree it is job says that the wicked will ruled the world in the time prior to christ's return and he says also second part of the verse 24 and he covers the judges faces so they can't see it so that the judges don't realize many of them do but they can't see that they are really protecting the wicked And he says that he even blinds the judges and that the judges work together in a sense with the wicked so that the wicked can do their evil and not be prosecuted. Then Job says, this is Job chapter 9, 24c. If it is not God who does this, then who is it? Would God allow something like this to happen? Would God allow this? Well, if it wasn't God, who is it? Job is fully aware of God, fully aware of his situations. He is, he is very clear. Then verse 25. My days go by faster than a runner. They fly away without seeing any joy they glide past like paper like boats like paper boats they attack they go fast like eagles swooping down to feed are the days does it seem like our days i was just talking to someone i said hey it was just it was just monday now it's friday this was on friday it was just friday now it's sunday And before I know it, it's going to be next Sunday. The days are going by like paper boats. They're like eagles swooping down to feed. Then Job says, even though I say, I will forget my complaint, I will change the look on my face, and I'll smile, I still dread all my suffering. So in other words, his hardship wasn't over yet. I know you will hold me guilty. You won't find me innocent. I've already been found guilty. I've been uh, declared to be wicked. So why should I struggle or exhaust myself for no reason? In other words, he's saying you just have to, you just accept it. Even I might wash myself with soap, and scrub and cleanse my hands with strong soap. But you would still push me into the dirty pit. And even if my clothes would hate, even then my clothes would hate and abhor me. For God is not human like me, so I cannot answer him. We cannot meet each other in court. So here he goes back to the case about God being a judge, he being the one being brought before the judge. We cannot meet each other in court that we could go together into judgment. Now here's the key verse. I wish there were someone to make peace. I wish there was an umpire. Someone to make peace between us someone to decide our case who would set his hand on both of us now he's talking to about his his the friend um uh, that is is that made a point so far and he's talking to bill Dad. someone needs to plead our case bill Dad. someone needs to put his hand on both of us And remove God's punishment so that His terror would no longer frighten me. Then I should speak without being afraid of Him. But I'm not able to do that. So He is very clear. He needs an umpire, He needs an advocate, He needs someone to plead His case, a mediator. He needs a mediator. And we know who that mediator is. The Lord Jesus himself. Yeshua HaMashiach himself. This is who we need. And then once we have a mediator, an advocate, someone to plead our case, then the terror and thought of God wouldn't frighten us. Or bring terror to us any longer this is exactly what happened on the cross we through believing in Jesus Christ we now have an advocate with a terrible God with a mighty God a frightening God we have an advocate and then there verse 35 once I have an advocate Once I have a mediator, once I have an umpire, someone who could plead our case, then I could speak without being afraid of him. But at the time that Job lived, Messiah had not yet come. So he ends the verse by saying, but I am not able to do that. As Job chapter 9. We need an advocate. We have an advocate in Christ. He's a mediator. And yes, he's been our advocate. We can come before the Father, before this mighty, this, this mighty God who is a judge of all. We, have, we can come before this God and, and, and petition him because we have a mediator. And upon receiving eternal life, we now are free from eternal judgment. A God who judges eternally, we're free from that judgment. But now we are still in time. And now we are being affected by the culture and one thing the culture will do is it will not help you to be righteous, it will help you to be unrighteous. The culture will help you and lead you to sin, to evil, to all manner of to all, all types of, of uh of evil. So now you need an advocate and his teachings. Christ came. He came to teach these disciples, to tutor them, to give them an understanding, a deeper understanding, much deeper than the Ten Commandments. Not just something you have to honor your father and your mother. But in experience, in reality, he fulfilled the law by living the law. He was being accused of, of uh, claiming to be God. He didn't deny it. And he was crucified for that. He said he was coming to destroy the temple. That the temple would be destroyed. And you can't You can't say anything against the temple. That was the center of Israel's worship to God, the temple. And today, it's very difficult to say that these churches in America, especially Laodicean evangelical churches, are apostate. Be careful. But the thing is this, they are. And Paul said in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 10 that or or no I think I think it was verse 7 there would be an apostasy that would come there'd be there'd come a a uh, distancing the children of God distancing themselves from God and from his teachings from Christ and his teachings this is happening Paul said that they would not uh, be able to bathe themselves in sound doctrine. They couldn't handle it. They wouldn't want it. Especially the men in positions of authority because their little kingdoms would be shaken. Well, God is coming to shake the little kingdoms. That's what He does. God comes. Job talked about earthquakes that are coming. Well, there are earthquakes that are coming to the body of Christ in America. We'll be back in a few minutes. The podcast is on 1360KHNC.com. And uh, again, this is the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program, and I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez. We'll be back in a few minutes.
12: Hey, folks, Larry Elder here. The rumors are true. KHNC listeners are loving Y-Refi. They're investing in a secure, collateralized portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market or to the Fed. A portfolio where you know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. Your interest is compounded daily. You're paid monthly, and there are no fees. You can turn your income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose. And get this. There is no loss of principal if you ever need your money back. El Dorados, you gotta get in touch with Y Refi. I've met with them personally, and take it from me, the great Eldersky—they are trustworthy, honest, and you can earn a fixed rate of return up to 10.25%. Just go to investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or call 888 ReFi 24 Click on investyrefi.com or call 888 refi 24 You will be glad you did.
2: Oh, happy day. Oh, when Jesus, when, Jesus oh, when he wore when Jesus, when Jesus washed. Washed away.
0: So Job realized that he needed somebody to wash his sins away, and that would have to be a Messiah. An umpire an advocate. And he knew that that advocate would not wash his sins away because that advocate would come in the future. And so he knew that there was no one at that time to be the umpire that he needed. But still, he's with. he is with, he is waiting for resurrection and he will res- be resurrected. To live in the millennial kingdom. I began the program by talking about the different segments of Matthew chapter 24. And we are now in the. There are, I believe, it was. I'll I'll read the segments to you. Number one, the first thought was that Jerusalem, the the stone, the, the temple would be destroyed. The second section was that there would be a time of birth pains and sorrows, which we are in presently right now. Birth pains and sorrows could, could be over an extended period of time of maybe 70 years. But I use the scenario of the last decade because the birth pains and sorrows will conclude, will have the end In about eight years before Christ returns so segment two or section two is birth pains and sorrows it begins with verse 4 and it ends in verse 8 that's the second segment the third segment is the segment of tribulation The beginning of seven years of tribulation. The first half of that seven years. Verse 8. All this is but the beginning. The birth pains are just the beginning. We are in the birth pains right now. We are at the end of the period of time that we call birth pains. Very soon, the birth pain period is going to end. And the tribulation period, begins in verse 9. The birth pains, two two great things. Uh, There are so many things in the time of birth pains. One of the signs in the time of birth pains would be the end of Donald Trump's political career. That's one thing. Another thing That will happen in the time of birth pains is the coming man of perdition will be revealed. He will not yet be the abomination of desolation, but he will be revealed. Israel will have its wars with the surrounding enemies, the nations. That is in Psalm 83. This war happens in the time of birth pains. Another great war that we call the Gog Magog War will also happen in the time of birth pains before the tribulation begins. People think, oh, just birth pains, tribulation, birth or uh, birth pains and anguish. No, Christ didn't imply. There's no implication that it would just be something simple. The implication is so much will happen in the time of birth pains that God's people could not pay attention. They could not um, just uh, they, 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 uh, they would ha- they had to see. They would have to see what's happening. Another thing that would happen in, this, in the times of birth pains is Russia would have to begin to become a very great power militarily, militarily uh, economically, uh, politically, diplomatically. Russia would have to be international news america would all already be china would also begin to you might say uh, like an actor on the stage everybody's coming up onto the stage to play their play their part china russia the eu nations israel israel's kind of at the back the other the other main actors are at the front toward the audience and Israel's in the back, but don't be mistaken. Israel is a major, major sign of the end, end of the times. I talk about, uh, during the week, I host the present truth program Monday through Friday from two to three. And the Lord has had me presenting to the audience Two simple but very important thoughts. A multipolar world and a unipolar world. Most Christians, most people in this country, uh, maybe they've heard the term, but they don't pay attention to it. We Christians should pay attention to it. Because the unipolar world is the world, the economic control uh, system of antichrist I know that got your attention God is trying to get your attention there is a multipolar world it is an alternate system there have to be there, there will be two global, uh, global orders in the world These two global orders have just come into existence basically in the last, oh, it was announced here about a year and a half, a year and four months ago, when Russia and China partnered up to stand against the Luciferian, Illuminati, Freemason, Secret Society System in the West called the unilateral nations, nations that have ruled the earth roughly for between four to three to five centuries. Well, Russia and China have stated that no longer will America rule the world with these other nations. China and Russia and a group of nations called the BRICS Network of Nations. They are distancing themselves, separating themselves. They are at war with the unipolar world. It's very, from a biblical point of view, I think you might be able to see it. The unipolar world is the world economic forum world, the uh, trilateral union, trilateral commission world. It is the world that is directed by empire, America. And then you have the other nations, which Russia, in a sense, has been protecting since like 1860, 1870. And it wasn't a multipolar world then, but it is now a multipolar world. It is a different system and the only nation that has been able to assist the nations of the world against the unipolar rule of the uh, European nations has been Russia Russia is misunderstood from a biblical point of view it shouldn't be misunderstood Russia would be the nation that God would use to eventually put together an economic system that the world would have to have. There will be a dual. There will be two world orders. The second world order, meaning China and Russia, could only come into existence if Russia was strong and Russia was able to diplomatically work things out with other nations, and Russia has done that. This is a sign that we are very near the day of the Lord. This is a sign to me that we are in the later, de- later years, the last years of birth pains and sorrow, once russia becomes very very great then russia will be ready to attack in the middle east with iran turkey and other nations this is developing very quickly and the christians in america are really not interested they're too busy taking care of their you know their their They're too busy living, taking care of life. In the world of the the people that, those that study Bible prophecy, I know that uh, they see Russia, China, America. They don't see the intricacies of how things are working like with Matthew 24 I just have a friend that told me that a friend of his who I knew for years and years and years talked about Matthew 24 being the chapter that talks about the end of the world before Christ returns but he didn't under he didn't see that he was in that time he saw it as in the future off in the distance it's not off in the distance anymore we're in the time of birth pains and sorrows we're in the time where the great apostasy is the great sign to the event a great sign revealing who the evangelical churches in america are we are very apostate we don't care about the teachings of christ we don't care about theology we don't care about eschatology we don't see that we christians in america we live in the land of the coming king of babylon and no one wants to think about it it's it's very disturbing but remember As disturbing as that is, our God is a mighty God, and for those that are righteous, those that that fear the Lord in the right way, not as an ogre, but fear him in reverence, God has promised that whatever is needed to sustain us psychologically, mind emotion and will, and spiritually in our heart, our conscience, in our intuition, and physically to, to uh, help us with the needs for our, our physical body so we can live. God is there and will help us. He's our God. He has promised to help His faithful to those that are faithful to Him, to the what I call the ecclesia, to the overcomers, to a small group of people that are a residue. They're a heritage. And I don't mean a distant heritage. I mean they are a close. They are in tight. Like with the 12 apostles. They were right there in the very presence of, of Christ For the three plus years, and even during that time, even they did not see who Judas Iscariot was. Iscariot. We are in the time of birth pains and sorrows. That's the 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 second segment of what Matthew is presenting. The third segment is tribulation, which starts in verse 9. Then they will hand you over to suffer affliction and tribulation and put you to death. You will be hated by all nations for my namesake. There is a new apostolic reform movement taking place in this country. Very powerful. It's decades old. Taking great momentum. According to the think their thinking, we are going to take over the nations of the world. We are going to be victorious. We're going to take over countries and governments and lead people in a massive way to a great revival. Well, let's see what Matthew says. This is, the, this is what Christ himself said. This is in the red. For those that have the Bible, that, that have the red sayings of Christ, Here's what Christ said to the you who are faithful. Then they will hand you over to suffer suffer affliction and tribulation and put you to death. You will be hated by all nations for my name'sake. That doesn't sound like we're taking over the world. Verse ten. And then many will be offended and, and repelled and will begin to distrust and desert him who they ought to trust and obey. So there will be many who are offended with Messiah, with Christ, with the Lord Jesus. They will be offended. When they should be trusting him, they'll be offended. They're going to stumble. They're going to fall away. And you've got to watch these ones because they're going to betray their fellow Christian. This is in the tribulation. This is why the tribulation is really tribulation. Christians betraying Christians. I have a friend, a good friend. He passed away right in 1999. And he, at in the mid-80s, he made a decision to stay away from many of the Christians and churches in assemblies. And he told me one time, he says, You know, I don't really fear the government. I fear the Christians. Because these people will betray you. And I never forgot what he said. He said, These are the ones that you better watch out for. And then right here in chapter 24, verse 10 in the tribulation, they will stumble. They will uh, stumble, meaning their Christian life is going to come apart. They're going to fall away. Their Christian life is going to disintegrate. What they believe has no power the Christ that they thought that they knew, they really didn't know him. And they're going to betray one another and pursue one another with hatred. Verse 11, Many false prophets will rise up, deceive, and lead many into error. This is what's happening today. Many of the members in the body of Christ are being led to wrong doctrine, wrong teachings. And the love of the great body of people will grow cold because of the multiplied lawlessness and iniquity. not talking about just the worldly people. He's talking about his own children. The Christians are going to grow cold because of the evil of the age. Remember what Peter said in Acts, I think it was chapter 2, or chapter 3, I think it was 3. Separate yourselves from this wicked and perverse generation. Separate yourself from the culture of the time. Don't embrace it. Separate yourself from it. These people are going to once again embrace the lawlessness and the evil of the culture. It's what they're going to look to, what they're going to depend on, what they're going to build their foundation on. Verse 13, But he who endures to the end will be saved. The good news of the kingdom of the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of heaven, Will be preached throughout the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, then will the end come. He's saying that we will be presenting to those around us basically the day of the Lord, a thousand year kingdom, a time where Christ is going to rule the nations. And before he comes to rule the nations, he is coming in the clouds and he's going to destroy the armies of the world and he's going to destroy the wicked that now the world is in the hands of the wicked presently. He's going to destroy the wicked who are destroying the world, who are killing their fellow, fellow man. then verse 15 so that's the tribulation I just mentioned that's the third segment now the fourth segment verse 15 when you see the abomination of desolation stand in the holy place as prophesied by Daniel the prophet let the reader pay attention consider and fear basically So here's the fourth segment. This is the great tribulation. We've just left the tribulation, the third segment to the fourth. Then the fifth is coming, which is another segment called the time of wrath. The time of wrath, the fifth fifth segment, the time of wrath, follows the tribulation. And that time of wrath is like a 30-day period of time. And during the time of wrath, I believe that is will be when Christ calls all of his born-again children to the judgment seat, to judge us. And soon after, the land of the coming Antichrist will be destroyed. America. Once America is destroyed, then there's going to be the final segment, the sixth segment, maybe you could say, might be a seventh. But the sixth will be a 45-day period of time that follows the 30 days. After the tribulation, you have 30 days, a time of wrath. Then after that 30 days, you have a 45-day period of time. This is the time where Armageddon, nations will be gathered. Eventually, um, Christ comes to Armageddon. Israel is just almost destroyed completely. Israel is on the verge of being completely eliminated But Christ takes out all of the Antichrist armies, all the hordes, the Chinese, the kings of the east and their armies are all taken care of. This is where the blood in the valley is five foot deep. Five foot and one inch. Okay, five feet. And then right after that, then... The sheep and the goats are going to be brought before Messiah. And the sheep and the goats, that might be the seventh thing that happens. And they're separated. And I'm not going to be able to get to that because we're going to go to the top of the hour break. Podcasts on 1360khnc.com. Mailing information, Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. Join me for the final hour of today's Olive Tree ministry program. We'll be back in a few minutes. Rick Rodriguez will be back. You're still looking good. I'm still feeling good. You know, I've got all your MyPillow products. Mattress topper, bed sheets,
6: Pillows, towels, slippers, blankets, sleepwear, dog Whoa, whoa, Charles. Everyone now can get My Pillow products at huge discounts at MyPillow.com. That's right. Now's the time to go to MyPillow.com. Use your promo code KHNC to take advantage of our 3-in-1 sale. Or our sandals and slides for just $25. Quantities are limited, and once they're gone, they're gone. Use your promo code KHNC. Reasons to own gold. Reason number 725.
4: The government goes out of its way to make you believe Social Security has an account with your name on it with money just for you. But the Supreme Court ruled that payments due under Social Security are not property rights and are not protected. Social Security is merely a tax and the government is under no obligations to pay you anything. Call the Patriot Trading Group 800-951-0592 or visit All American
13: Hit it, girls.
8: Keep listening to the American Freedom Network.
4: You're listening to the Roar of the Rockies, KHNC, 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins.
11: At Life Choices, we are helping women and men choose life and create stable futures for their children. You can help avoid the loss of another life by going to lifechoices.org or call 303 651-2050 extension 116 and donate. Make a difference and be a part of God's work by creating a better future for kids and families. LifeChoices.org or 303-651-2050 extension 116
9: It is not because men have made laws that life, liberty, and property exist. On the contrary, It is because life, liberty, and property existed beforehand that men made laws in the first place. What then is law? It is the collective organization of the individual right to lawful defense and punishing injustice. Frederick Bastiat.
4: Hey friends, Freddie Freeman here. A wise man by the name of Ben Franklin once said, by failing to prepare, you are
5: preparing to fail. So go to 1360KHNC.com and click the Patriot Supply button and make sure you're prepared. With plenty of survival products from emergency
9: survival food, water filtration systems, survival coffee, and more, my Patriot Supply has got the perfect gifts for you. Just click that Patriot Supply button only on
5: 1360KHNC.com.
14: Riley with Saddle Up in Gilcrest, Colorado. We are a western saddle and tack shop and we carry all the tried and true cowboy and equine brands in the industry. We carry brands such as McCall, Martin, and Billy Cook. We also carry a variety of horse tack items like saddle pads, head stalls, and much more. Visit our website to check out our whole catalog or visit us in store 303-772-7821. Again, 303-772-7821.
6: Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back, the MyPillow guy. And you're looking good. still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever, MyPillow 2.0.
7: The best sleep just got even better. Whether you have a MyPillow or not, you need to get the brand new MyPillow 2.0. Call or go to MyPillow.com now. Use your promo code
6: KHNC.
7: And for a limited time, when you buy one, you'll get a second one absolutely free
10: hey folks as a cbd user i can attest to its effectiveness and now my kind cbd products are available at the station you'll see tinctures salves lotions creams coffee cocoa tea and much more you'll even find cbd retinol cream khnc also carries my kind pet products including shampoo and tincture allowing your best friend to enjoy the same benefits of cbd that you do the best price is the best quality and all thc free my kind cbd cbd as nature intended it the
9: views and opinions expressed on 1360 khnc are entirely those of the host guests and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the excursion broadcasting network
8: A time to, to every purpose under heaven. A
12: time to be
8: born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to
0: reap, a time to kill, a time to heal. Well, welcome, welcome to back. the third hour of the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church program. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez. Podcasts for these programs are archived on the Olive Tree site on KHNC, I'm sorry, on 1360KHNC.com. And you can go to the uh, Olive Tree site for the programs. Contact information is Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado 80502. The Day of the Lord. The millennial kingdom is very, very close. There are those who began what we call the initial time period called the church age, the beginning of the churches of God. There are those, the final generation, who will end the dispensation Of the church age there's a beginning and an end the Lord Jesus said that he is the Alpha and the Omega the beginning and the end he began on the night of resurrection the church through being born again and the church will end on the day that the resurrection takes place and all of the born-again people are that have died and that our living will be brought before Christ to be judged. It is the judgment seat of Christ. It's a uh, very deep uh, topic. I can allude to it, but I don't have time to actually cover it. We will all go to the judgment seat of Christ at some point in the future. And um, the day of the Lord, a final generation We are that final generation. There won't be another generation after us. We are going to conclude, finish what Christ asked his church to do in Matthew 24, I think, no, Matthew uh, chapter 28. Go into the nations, preach the gospel of the kingdom of heaven, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, there is one generation, I talked about this last week, there is one generation, a final generation, it is a unique generation, there are generations from the, from the present all the way going back to the time of Christ and all the way back to Adam and Eve, but there is the generation that will be the final generation before Messiah's return his second coming there was a generation that it lived when he came the first time but there's more stated about the final generation than any other generation ever it is a generation that will witness all of the prophecies that have not been fulfilled that will be fulfilled we will witness the fulfillment of all prophecies that pertain to the time prior to Christ's return. We will see a rise of the Babylon the Great. We'll see the rise of China and the Asian nations that will come to Armageddon. Islam will, uh, as a religion, will be a major religion internationally, a violent religion. Uh, I hate to say that, but that's what the Scripture says, and this is what the... uh, Uh, the uh, evidence of Islam. You would have Christianity, which at the end would be persecuted. The true Christian people would be persecuted. The nations will go to war with all of the seven churches in the book of Revelation, chapter 1, 2, and 3. Israel will be hated of the nations And Israel will just about go to the grave as a people, as a society. But God will always be faithful, has always been faithful. He will protect them, keep them. The generation, the final generation, began in America right after World War II. It is the generation of baby boom children then israel would become a nation in 1948 and you might say israel would also have the beginning of a baby boom generation too in a sense side by side with america and the european nations all the nations that were in world war 2 uh, japan russia germany the european nations all of them england but what is unique about the final generation? There will be a generation of godly people, of God fearing people, uh, people who would be faithful to God. There won't be many. It will be there will be very few. But nevertheless, the few is all that God needs. He's always needed just the few. He didn't need masses. He didn't need numbers. He just needed a few faithful who we could say would be a small company, a residue of godly people in the world that will be faithful to accomplish the requests of Christ on the church to the church go into the nations disciple baptize in the name of the lord uh, of the father son and the holy spirit and present to the nations the kingdom of heaven is at hand and have a change in your thinking and repent truly repent the people in this country that are in the churches that are going to receive the help that they need for the hardships that are coming will be those individuals who will really have a repentance, you might say, a penitent heart that will, will fear God and they will put all their trust in Him. They won't put their trust in government, They won't put their trust in churches. They will put their trust in the hands of the Lord, in God himself. He's the one who purchased us. He's the one we're to look to, to seek, to help, to ask, to inquire. And in Luke chapter 11, ask, and it shall be given seek you shall find knock it will be opened unto you will God give you if you ask for bread will he give you a stone if he if you ask for a fish will he give you a serpent if you ask for an egg will he give you a scorpion no but if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children How much more shall your Father in heaven give good gifts to those that ask Him? He will give you His Holy Spirit. And there are two implications. His Holy Spirit that you will be born again and have eternal life. Also, He will give you your Holy Spirit after you're born again so that you can be victorious and fight the coming battles, spiritual battles that will come as you will need to fight spiritually in your future. He will give you his holy spirit. You'll be born again. He'll give you your holy his holy spirit to fight the battles so you can live and you can be victorious in your lifetime. This is a final The the Holy Spirit will pour His Spirit upon mankind one final time in the time in which we're in. And it's not so that we can take over nations, countries, our, our civil governments. No. It will be so that we will be able to take or to present our God to the people in this world that do not know him, we can offer these people a Messiah who will give them eternal life and will help them through life. And they will be born again because the great harvest is coming. And this is the time where Christ said that the fields are white, ready for harvest, but the laborers are few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send laborers into the field to gather the wheat to the barns. This is what we are to do. And as we put our our trust in the Lord, the vain things of life will drift away. We are surrounded with vanity Vain things every day. Vanity, vanity, all things are vanity. What is vain is useless. It won't help you. Vanity is a god, it is a deceptive god. Our culture. The nations of the world, they're vain. The cultures are vain. Our culture is the most vain. Revelation chapter 18 proves that. And we work for what is value, with, with that has the least value. Christ came to die for what was the most valuable. Souls and the bodies of men and we in this country we at the top trust gold silver and precious stones and everything in between now we are the final generation and the final generation is in the book of Psalms chapter 24 I'm gonna read to you the final generation and this presents the whole, this presents God in, 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 let, I'll, I'll, read it. Verse 24. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. This is what God is telling the nations today. It's the Lord's, but he's going to come to take, to be the king. The world and its inhabitants also because god is the one who established it on the seas god set it firmly on the waters who can ascend the lord's mountain who can stand in his holy sanctuary only the one with clean hands and a pure heart the one who hasn't made false promises the one who hasn't sworn dishonestly the kind this kind that kind of person receives the blessings from the lord and the righteousness from God who saves. Verse 4 says that uh, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart, the ones who, those who hate vanity, those who do not worship idols, those who know the difference. True worship is, should be and is commanded by God. True worship is to God Himself. That kind of person, verse 5, receives blessing from the Lord and righteousness from God who saves. That is how things are with the generation that seeks Him, that fe- seeks the face of Jacob's God. Now, verse 6 is talking about the last generation, and in another translation, this is, the, uh, this is the common English translation. I, I really don't like it. So I'm going to go back to the King James. The King James phrases it this way There is a generation. Just one. There's a generation. And this verse is talking about, and two, the final generation a generation that does not lift up its soul to vanity or swears deceitfully. Verse 5. He, this individual, will receive a blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Verse 6. This is the baby boom generation in Babylon the Great that includes the children of Israel Abraham Isaac and Jacob this is the generation one generation just one the final generation that seeks thy face O God of Jacob they seek the face of the God of Jacob Jacob only knew one God he didn't know other gods He knew one God. It says that Jacob did not seek other gods. The Christians in this country there are many things that we worship. These things cannot save us. Uh, I couldn't even begin where to how to start to tell you about the gods of the country. I guess I could give you a description the gods of egypt they worshiped water they worshiped the little lice the frogs they worshiped the turtles they worshiped everything that swam in the river they worshiped what was on the earth on the on the dry ground they worshiped the animals they worshiped the cattle then they began to worship the stars and the sun and the moon Nothing, everything that existed, they began to worship. Can you worship the vehicle that you drive? Absolutely. Remember, the, the culture is created by individuals or, or just the in the car world. The people that design cars are always designing to appeal to To the crowd. It's all about allure, alluring, alluring, alluring people to something. This is Satan's way. You worship the trees, you worship the birds. If it moves, you worship it. But there's a generation that will not seek these gods. There's a generation that will only seek just in the same way that Jacob. Jacob refused to seek any other gods but the God that he knew. We have a God that we know he's the one that we should seek and trust. We cannot put our trust in anything, anyone. Only Christ. This is the individual you want to spend time with. You want to get to know. He has many things to say to you. Many, many things. But we're so busy, Satan makes sure that you stay busy so that you cannot hear what Christ has to say to you. There are, uh, you know when we as a nation are going to have to transition. We're in the middle of a transition. We don't even know it. We're transitioning from what used to be somewhat of a stable society to what is unstable. We're transitioning and going to transition from a time of birth pains and sorrows, like I read, said in the last hour, Matthew chapter 24, birth pains and sorrows, we're going to transition into a time of tribulation. You want to prepare to transition. Practically, do what you can so you can transition from what the changes in the society. But the transition has to be in your thinking, in your heart. If, you've, if you are far from the Lord, then the transition needs to be back to him. If you're trusting other things, then you need to transition back to trusting just him. I'll tell you, people who end up in the hospital in a very serious situation, they don't think about their house. They don't think about their car. They don't think about the buddies. They don't think about anything. They think about what is necessary that you need God's help, you have to look to Him, trust in Him, and depend on Him, and pray that He gives you the best doctors, the best nurses, the best care. You should pray for these things, and that you can recover. Your life is in His hands. He gets to decide If it's your time, maybe not, hopefully not. But people, people that are in a situation that they have no control over generally gravitate toward trusting the Lord. And let's say that you are, everything is just going perfectly. Things are great, life is great. Don't think you don't need to trust in the Lord. No, you really need to trust in the Lord. When you're in the hospital bed, it's evident you need to trust in him. But if everything is going your way, that's when you need to stop and say, Lord, lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from evil. Keep me sober minded. Keep me stay, keep my mind stayed on you. I want to put my trust in you. I thank you for the, way that, that the very best in life. I thank you, but I got—I must remember, I cannot trust in anything or anyone other than you. This was Jacob. Jacob had no foreign gods. It says that in Deuteronomy chapter thirty-two, he had no foreign gods. Moses. Expose the children of Israel. Look at all the gods that you had. Look what you would do. God is faithful, but you, children of Israel, and I'm just saying talking to about the to the Christian church. You Christian people, we have we trust in too many things we can't trust in. We have to trust in the Lord. And Jacob. Did not have any foreign gods before him. But there's only one generation. It's the baby boom generation. And in that generation, within that group of people and their children and grandchildren and maybe great great grandchildren, if they've been faithful, there will be in these generations accompanying them, the baby boom generation godly children it is this generation that seeks one god just the god of jacob no other god this is the generation that seek your face o god of jacob say law period that is it there's nothing more to say This is the generation that seeks the God of Jacob, that seeks his face. Oh, God of Jacob. This is why we're here. God, this is why you called us. You called us and you gave us life in this generation. And we will seek you. And we will obey you. And we will do what you ask. We will baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we will tell people the day of the Lord is coming. It's a terrible day to the wicked. But it is a marvelous day for the righteous, for the good people of the world, because Christ is coming to take over the kingdoms of the world back to himself. We'll be back in a few minutes. We'll be right back.
15: What type of financial advisor are you looking for? A lot of advisors work for some great companies that offer good products, but are they taking a close look at what truly matters to you? Most advisors are unfortunately one-trick ponies and come at you with the same strategy no matter what situation you are in. Most of the time, your advisor isn't even reaching out to you to review things and has no desire to actually build a relationship with you. You want to work with someone who's going to hustle their butt off and compete for you and make sure that you are maximizing your hard-earned dollars. I will work day and night for all of my clients and do everything in my power to deliver the best service possible. Reach out to me, Joey Jaquin, Quinn Joe son, someone who is going to compete for your business and truly aligns with your conservative values. You can reach me at my personal cell, 602-909-9048. Again, 602-909-9048. happy
2: day. Happy day when Jesus Oh, when he When Jesus
0: Okay, so you're thinking, how can you prove that this is talking about this final generation? Well, let's go to verse. Number seven. Verse six. There is a generation of people that seek him, the God of Jacob. Verse seven. Open up. Open up. Be opened, you gates. Open wide. You ancient doors. Open. And the glorious king who is passing by will come in. Remember, on the gates on the east side of the city in Jerusalem, the gates are shut. David saw the gates would be bricked up, shut. No one could come through the east gate. Christ has to come through that gate to be anointed before the millennial kingdom. Right at that that time, once he's anointed, the millennial kingdom begins. But the gates are presently closed. You can't come in through those gates. But here, verse 7, David is saying, open up. Open up, you gates, open. Open wide, you aged, ancient doors. How long have those gates been there? Over two thousand years. I, I don't remember when they. Longer than that, three thousand. But now they're boarded. They're they're shut. They've been, bricked shut. David is saying, You aged, ancient doors, open wide, and the glorious King will come in. Jesus Christ must come through those gates once again to be anointed. He has to come. Verse 8 Who is this glorious King? this king of glory. It's the Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, Yahweh Sabaoth, the powerful warrior who is mighty in battle. Then verse 9, again, open up. Gates, you must be open. Open wide. You ancient doors, You have to open again. And a glorious king, the king of glory, will come in. Another translation says that as he's passing by, he will see that the gates are open. And when he sees the gates are open, he walks through. The gates are presently closed, closed. And this generation, David, King David is saying to this generation that seek the face of Jacob, that to this, though, to this, uh, this generation that seeks thy face, O God of Jacob. This is the generation. They must open the doors. They must open the gates, the east gates to the city. These ancient gates must be opened and the King of Glory will come through. And when he comes through, he will be anointed as the rightful King of this earth. Verse 10 Who is this glorious King of Glory? Who is this glorious King of Glory? He is Yahweh Sabaoth, the Lord all-powerful, the Lord of all of heaven's armies, of the hosts. He is the glorious king. He is the king of glory. Selah. And remember, there will be the earthly armies, which we are his earthly army presently in the churches we in the churches of god all seven churches exist existing today we are his the great his great army because he lives within us we are a magnificent army we are a powerful army and the gates of hell are at, we are at war with the kingdom of darkness Because the kingdom of darkness is aware of where the threat is coming from. It's not coming with bullets and tanks. Not coming from governments. Not coming from royalty. No. The threat to the kingdom of darkness is the kingdom of heaven. We have Christ in us. Christ in us, and through Christ in us, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We can be faithful. We are the feared army. And once we're raised to the judgment seat of Christ, then there will be an army coming in the heavens. It won't be just angels. It will be, we will come with Christ to Armageddon. And we believers who are fallen flesh still, the angels, they still can't figure out our place because the angels are holy. The angels are their holy angels. And they know that God's law commands judgment on the unholy, on the wicked, on the unrighteous, which we are on the fallen. And yet here we have Christ in us and we, we sin, we transgress, we fall away. And God in his mercy draws us back to himself. That perplexes the angels. They can't figure this out. According to God's righteous requirements, we should be snuffed out. But God, time and time again, because we have his blood, he washes us and brings us back to be used. And we transgress. We plead his blood. We wash. We come back. And God continues to use us. The angels can't figure this out. They know that when a third of the angels rebelled with Lucifer, they were destined to eternal damnation. And so they can't figure out, well, why isn't this piece of clay, these pieces of clay, the same thing? They can't quite understand what Christ did. In redeeming fallen mankind to himself it's still kind of a mystery to the angels and eventually we in the millennial kingdom we the, the angels will worship God they will no longer have we are going to replace them in the millennial kingdom We will be doing what they do now. We will do. We will rule. We will reign with Christ during that time. And the angels, their duty will be to worship God. They'll begin to see even more clearly why God redeemed us. And the great plan, eternal plan of God, that uh, they didn't understand, they will see more clearly that eternal plan that God takes earth, dirt, red clay, breathes into it, and out of that man is, comes into existence. And then later, about 4,000 years later, God takes that same clay, and he breathes into that clay on the night of resurrection. And now that clay not only has a soul, And life and consciousness, now that clay has the Holy Spirit inside. The very God of the universe is now inside the red clay. And now that red clay becomes a feared creature. We are most feared by the kingdom of darkness. Governments aren't feared. Even the children of the devil that serve Satan. Satan doesn't fear them. And even the children of the devil that serve Satan. You know who they fear as well as the devil? The devil fears the church. And so do his children. His children fear the believers. Not all the believers because most of the believers are apostate. They don't know the authority and power they have. They don't realize the great, magnificent advantage they have because Christ is inside of them. We have an advantage like they didn't have in the times prior to Christ. They had the Spirit of God speaking to them and upon them, but we have the Spirit of God within us. He speaks when he wants to, without, but most of the time he speaks from within in our deep in our spirit our conscience is now after rebirth our conscience is very sensitive it's come alive he speaks to us in our heart deep in our spirit the spirit is three components the heart intuition conscience we have a conscious heart and intuition before we meet christ but once the holy spirit once we meet christ the Holy Spirit gives eternal life to our conscience, to our heart, to our intuition. Now we are new, something very new, something feared. This is why such a great attack, the gates of hell, it doesn't say the gates of hell are prevailing against mankind, it says the gates of hell. Are trying to prevail against the church, but to this group that is faithful, the gates of hell cannot prevail. We're the big threat. Christ was the big threat. The apostles were the big threat. All through the two, last two thousand years, the godly people that knew God, they were the threat. So, who is this glorious king, this king of glory? He's going to walk through that eastern gate. But right now, the gates are closed. But in this generation, David is saying, those gates are going to be opened. And the king of glory, when he passes by again, he's going to see the gates are open. Now I can go through. Now I will be crowned king of all. Those gates are going to open. They can't be shut. They can't stay shut. This is what the Muslim world fears. This is what the Antichrist will fear. Christ is, those gates are going to be open. David right here, is saying, The gates are closed. Open them up. These ancient doors, they're closed. They need to be opened. Because the king of glory is going to walk by, in another translation, and as he's walking by, if the gates are shut, he won't come, he won't enter in. But he's going to see the gates are opened. And he's going to walk in. And once he walks in, he's going to be anointed. This is why this chapter 24 of Psalms is talking about our generation. This is the fear generation. It looks like we are a generation that has been basically destroyed. And Satan is trying to destroy this generation. Absolutely. And this generation comes into existence in Babylon, the great of the end of the world. And in this generation, there will be those believers that end up in Israel that will give insight to the, I don't know if you want to say rabbis or to the religious world. And they're going to interpret these verses for them and say, your king of glory is our Messiah. And your king of glory the same person. You're going to have to open up the gates for him. Because we believers, we're going to be in our resurrected state. Just shortly, I told a friend just this week, at this point, I want to live. I want to be here, but a day is coming where I'm going to say, eternity is so close, I am beside myself, because very soon, I'm going to be in eternity, all this is going to be the past, but will be in eternity. Forever. Never again. Tears, sorrow, suffering. That time is coming. But the Lord hasn't put it in my heart yet because we have duties. We have responsibilities in the kingdom of heaven. Everybody has a responsibility. Regardless of gender, age regardless of education, where you sit financially, we are the feared, the most feared people. We are the, the threat to the enemy. Those that seek the Lord and find out where they need to be and are right there waiting when the Lord it doesn't have to be anything. You know, I remember, I'm trying to remember. I heard a program years ago, back in the 80s. We are to walk in spirit. Well, that's a that's a very nebulous. Walk in spirit. And she said that two people reach... A door at the same time. And both need to get through that door. But the person that allows to stay, that opens the door and, and is courteous enough to allow the other individual to go through first, that person is walking in spirit. Because that person has just denied their flesh. When you, to walk in spirit, as you deny the flesh, you are in spirit. Being courteous, that is to walk in spirit, because you're denying their flesh. You're denying yourself. And when you deny yourself, you are in spirit. And it was very simple. <clears throat> but it was very profound. I've never forgotten that. Like. Just just uh, <clears throat> being courteous. Takes an act of denying yourself. And the Lord did tell us we are to deny ourselves. We are we are to turn the other cheek. But he didn't mean that we just keep turning the cheek. No, we have to use wisdom. When you realize you're being used, then you have to say no to the individual that is using you because now they are the ones who are use, using you. They, they need to deny their self, their, who they are by nature. So we turn the other cheek, but we don't just keep turning the cheek. And I'm afraid that years ago, I, something would happen and I I would just take it and take it and take it and take it and take it. But then one day I realized wait a minute, this isn't really what the Lord is wanting me to do. So I just made sure that I didn't, uh, I had to address a situation just so that that individual wouldn't continue to take advantage. Of not only me but others also so I had to be just and address it and that was walking in spirit also we're at the end of the world we're at the end of an age how this all fits for each of us it is not impossible to know it is God's will that you know His will. In every decision you make, it's His will that you know His will. And it is God's will that you mature. And to mature, you just have to study the sayings of Christ, the teachings, and then you have to practice. I realized that with my with what I present it's not really a a message to the faint of heart but it's true it's honest message and God uses his word it will not return to him void it will accomplish what he wants it to accomplish. His word is there to instruct his people to dangers to come. It protects you from the kingdom of darkness and it protects others from maybe things that you may do that are evil. So God's word will not return to him without accomplishing exactly what he wants it to, to accomplish. Now, <clears throat> pardon me, in Psalm 24, one of these days, these ancient gates are going to have to be open, and Christ will walk through. But in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, the Lord said that I'm going to read you this verse because this also explains to us spiritually. It gives us a spiritual insight. This is to the church in Laodicea. And, um, Verse 20. Here. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you or anyone hear my voice and open that door, I will come in and eat with you. You will eat with me. Is your heart like those ancient gates? closed is your heart just like that gate coming into the city bricked up I stand at the door and knock this is what God is doing to his churches his evangelical churches in America if your heart is like those ancient gates If your heart is closed. Then. Open the door. That's it for today. God bless you. God bless you. May he bless you. Mightily in the knowledge of who he is. May he bless you. Keep you. God bless you. I will talk to you next week. Rick Rodriguez.
8: Keep listening to the American Freedom Network.
14: Hi, this is Riley with Saddle Up in Gilcrest, Colorado. We are a western saddle and tack shop, and we carry all the tried and true cowboy and equine brands in the industry. We carry brands such as McCall, Martin, and Billy Cook. We also carry a variety of horse tack items like saddle pads, head stalls, and much more. Visit our website to check out our whole catalog or visit us in store, 303-772-7821. Again, 303-772-7821
11: are you prepared for a power outage never be left in the dark again Wagner Electric has proudly partnered with Generac to provide long-lasting generators for your home we have standalone and portable generators in stock now so give us a call for a free estimate at 970-800-3693 if you are constructing or upgrading your home trust our expert electricians to take care of your home the first time We offer services for anything from wiring an unfinished basement to wiring a newly built pole barn. Your electrical system is the heartbeat of your home. So don't risk it and give us a call today to get started at 970-800-3693 or visit us at wagnerelectricco.com. We are located off Highway 85 in Greeley at 1517 2nd Avenue. Wagner Electric sets the standard.